welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast. I am so excited you're here for part two of For When You've Messed Up, my two-part series on when we behave badly. And just a reminder, in case you missed last week, this is not about the failing forward type of behaved badly, where we really were doing our best and it just didn't work out. This is about those behavior patterns that we just can't seem to stop ourselves from, that we know are destructive, that we do anyway. So last week I discussed two reasons why we behave badly, even when we know better. We don't know how else to handle the situation. And we don't believe we're capable or deserving of doing it differently. So it's both a cognitive question of how do I break myself of this pattern and an emotional pattern of how do I change my emotional state and get to a different belief system. I also emphasize that the reason we do things, whether that's what we buy, what we say, how we behave, the reason we do things is that we will feel a certain way. We buy the outfit so we'll feel beautiful and seen. We lie to feel powerful. We eat to feel comfort. We watch the shows that we watch for satisfaction, for levity, for depth, etc. Everything we do is because we think it will create a feeling that we want. We're chasing a feeling always. And all of that was important information to understand for discovering the why behind your bad behavior. Today, we're talking about the how, how to heal and move forward. Let's begin by looking at the beliefs. On some level, we don't believe we're capable or deserving of doing it differently, but what's the underlying belief that's more specific to the situation? If you haven't identified the underlying belief, I recommend you make that your step one. In general, I do believe that changing behavior can often be easier than changing beliefs, but From my personal experience, I can say that changing my behavior is easier when I can identify what my beliefs are. So it may not be easy to go from an unhealthy belief to to a healthy belief, but changing my behavior is easier to accomplish once I at least understand what the negative belief is. Without knowing what's driving me, I have a harder time catching myself in the act, so to speak, because I'm hijacked. Once I know what the belief is, I can observe myself and the situation differently. In the case of my jealousy, which I talked about last week, I could observe myself starting to spin out and say, here you go again, Amy. This is your brain trying to create a world in which you are unlovable, but you are lovable. You are deserving of a rich, healthy love life. Calm down. Allow yourself to experience the love you deserve and your brain will eventually get there. It will rewire itself. We're just training the brain. That's all this is. And yes, sometimes I do have to give myself lengthy podcasts, not podcasts, lengthy monologues. This is just a feeling. This is why you're feeling it. It's okay to feel a feeling. I have to talk myself through all that so that I don't self-destruct trying to avoid the vibration in my body, which is what is easy to do for us humans. Okay, but back to the jealousy. Without knowing that I had the belief that I was unlovable, it would have been much harder to talk myself into changing my behavior. So if you're at the point of recognizing you have a behavior pattern that you need to change, but you can't identify your underlying belief, then get some help. One of my favorite ways of doing this is through a process called Family Constellations. 
and I won't spend time explaining now that process, but I'll link to it in the show notes. I've worked with a fabulous facilitator of Family Constellations, John Moore, and he has an introductory video to the process on his website. So definitely check that out. Um, other great options for discovering an unidentified belief are intuitive readings, perhaps a past life regression. It's also a great opportunity for spiritual counseling or a trained certified therapist. Regardless of what kind of help you seek, I don't recommend that you do this part alone. Not because you can't, but because it will be so much more effective if you get outside help. Let me add a part B to this statement. If you feel that you have identified the belief, like let's say I think that my belief is I'm unlovable and I've been actively working on my jealous behavior for a long time because I've known I just have this belief that I'm unlovable and I'm trying to make progress. If you think that you've identified the belief and you've actively been working on this behavior and you're still struggling to change things, get outside help. There's a belief missing. There's, there's something else going on. There's just, there's no way if you've identified the belief correctly and you've tried to change the behavior, you will see progress. And if you don't, then get outside help. There's something, something going on. Okay, now let's assume you've gotten help and you can identify the underlying belief. Now what? How do we change it? Let's start by looking at our brain. So ask yourself questions that lead you in the right direction. If I knew I deserved love and was already infinitely loved, how would I handle this? For my jealousy example, even more specifically, if I knew it was safe for me to be loved, that all of my relationships are healthy and mutual, how would I handle this situation? This strategy is brilliant because you're not modeling your life after your perceptions of other people. You're modeling your life on your perception of your whole healed highest self, what you would do, not what others who deserve love would do, but what you would do if you knew you deserved and were worthy of love. And of course, you'll look at others and you'll use their behavior to help you paint a picture, but you're imagining you when you're asking yourself these questions. You're not imagining what Brene Brown would do or what some celebrity you idolize would do, but what would I do if I didn't have this? If I wasn't carrying around this baggage, what would I be doing differently? And I know that just listening to me, you may be thinking, I don't know what I would do. That's the problem. But that is actually not true. You don't know because you haven't asked yourself yet. Remember, our brains love to be able to pattern and predict the future. Our brains do not love not having the answer. If you ask it a question, it will find you an answer. And maybe your clarity will change over time or the answer will evolve over time. But if you ask yourself, what would I do if I were healed? What would I do if what I'm perceiving as a problem wasn't actually a problem? Ask yourself and allow yourself to hear the answer or see the answer, however it is that you communicate with yourself. Remember, our brains love to be right. They love to have answers, but we get to lead our brain in the direction that we want. If we ask our brain to move down the path of healing and of knowing the healthy answer, it will find a solution for us. All right, so that's the brain. Now let's look at the actions we can take. Another way to move forward is to ground yourself in the future version of you 
in the healed version of you. And what I mean by that is energetic healing and meditation. If your harmful belief is that you are unlovable, then find a guided meditation about being loved. Do an energy healing for yourself focused on receiving love. I believe I'm unlovable, then I spend time visualizing love going to each of my chakras, all of my cells, my veins, my organs, my hair, etc. I send love to myself over and over and over again. My body learns the feeling of love. It learns to receive love. It learns that the feeling, the vibration of love is safe. And after I've spent time showering myself in love energetically, then I'll be of sound mind to make a decision as to how to move forward differently rather than repeat the behavior. Because if I'm asking myself, if I already knew I was loved, what would I be doing differently? Then to give myself the experience of love no longer makes that hypothetical. Another action we can take is to ask for help. In my case, my issue was jealousy. So when I needed help, I would tell my partner, I'm feeling out of control and jealous right now. My brain is telling me that something has gone wrong. I know from past experience that my brain can't be trusted in these situations. Can you help me clarify this? What am I not seeing clearly? Or here's the situation as I see it. Is that how you see it? If you were me, what would you be doing or thinking or feeling right now? And now asking for help doesn't necessarily move you forward. It doesn't guarantee you a healing conversation, but it has great potential to at least prevent or calm the hijack and allow you time to figure out a different behavior. I had to have several conversations and sometimes still do with my husband. And sometimes it brings up other stuff that may or may not be useful. Sometimes it highlights just how different my experience is from my partners. But at a minimum, it creates a pause between my emotion and my response. And it also sets me up for transparency. If I'm asking for help and I still can't see my way forward, I've now set the stage to say, I'm, I'm still struggling with this. Let's pause this conversation until I can see it differently. I'd rather wait till I have more clarity. And now the example I'm giving you is with romantic partners with whom you would have already built trust and vulnerability. If your bad behavior is in a work setting, then asking for help is going to be a bit different. You know, boss, I have a tendency of acting up in situations like this. I'd rather not do that again. I'd like to go for a quick five minute walk so I can think about how to better respond. Most bosses would be shocked and would respect the request or offer to meet another time altogether. If your boss is not that wise or is also emotionally hijacked, then perhaps you'll get a response of, no, you can't take a walk. We've got to solve this right now. And if you get that type of response, then take a deep breath or two. Focus on the shift in your nervous system as you're breathing. And proceed as best you can. And if you do repeat the bad behavior, whether in that instance or in the future, it's at least on the person's radar that you're aware and you're working on it. And I recognize there are many places of work that do not have cultures accustomed to this sort of self-awareness and disclosure. So if that's you, if you're in a place of work like that, then you be the leader. You start building that culture by setting the example. Or even if it's not work, even if it's relationships, if you're in a relationship where you're not used to self-disclosing that way, you set the example, change the tone. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. 
um, we discussed the why we messed up. We discussed some ways of interrupting the pattern and moving in the right direction. But before we adjourn, I've got to address one more thing. And before I do that, I'm going to repeat myself for today. Because what did we do in order to to fix the behavior? We're asking questions. We're asking ourselves, how would I be seeing this if I was already healed? And then we're trying to energetically give ourselves the experience that we're needing in order to heal the situation. So those are my tips for changing your bad behavior. And one more thing, forgiveness. I recommend you forgive yourself as much as you can before you offer an apology to whomever you've hurt. And here's the reason why. Often when we have a forgiveness conversation, the other person will want to give some of that hurt back to you. If I went to my partner and said, babe, I am so sorry I went off the rails like that. I know it's destructive and it's not honoring of your character. My partner might be likely to say, yeah, why do you always do this? I'm so sick of it. It's so immature. And if I haven't fully accepted and forgiven myself for the behavior, I would be likely to get defensive and the conversation would escalate into an argument. If I've already accepted the full impact of my actions, I've already felt the shame and the embarrassment. When my partner says, I'm so sick of it, it's so immature, I'll be ready to say, I'm sick of it too. I'm embarrassed and ashamed. I agree it's immature. That's, that's why I'm sorry and that's why I'm working on it. Practice forgiveness of yourself. Ask forgiveness of those you've wronged. Please do not cause destruction and then allow your shame to prevent you from a healing conversation. Even if you are unable to change the behavior, you owe the person an apology, some accountability for whatever it is that you did. Okay, but now know this. (laughs) You are a divine being and you are also human. It's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. Learn to love yourself through the process of growth. Love yourself through the shame and disappointment. Love yourself through the the revisioning, the new action steps. Learn to be compassionate for yourself in every setting. You'll, You'll be surprised at how much stronger and, quote, better behaved you'll be if you're focused on your own self compassion. I know it's counterintuitive. We all think that we need to be hard on ourselves, but it's simply not true. There's so much research about it too. Just follow Brene Brown and Simon Sinek and all of that. It's just not true. We do need to acknowledge and feel the negative feelings. We need to have an honest look at ourselves and then the results that we've created. But we don't need to add extra judgment on top of the shame and disappointment. It's just not useful. So if you're trying to judge yourself for doing whatever you did, The reason is because you're human and you have a human brain. So just take the judgment out of it. You can experience the shame and disappointment, but don't add that extra layer. Oftentimes we can indulge ourselves in the process of judging ourselves. And it almost makes us feel powerful 
Okay. Rather than feel my shame and disappointment, I'm going to look at it and judge myself for behaving so badly. And because I'm judging myself, it makes me feel like I have a handle on it. Like I can dissect it and I can understand it, but understanding it doesn't give you the handle on it. Feeling the feelings gives you the handle on it. Being able to redirect your brain gives you the power. Being able to repattern your brain gives you the power. Being able to meditate and to energetically give yourself the experience that you are most needing, that gives you power. And when you can't do those things for yourself, get yourself some help. Change your life. It's okay that you mess up. You're human. But it's possible for you to heal because you're divine. I sincerely hope that this has been useful for you. I put my brain, heart, and soul into this one because I know it's such a big topic. I hope it will help you in whichever way that you most need. I love you. Do your work. Have a beautiful week. Bye.